cool, cool, cool. This is Mysteries and Madness. I am Dave Coleman. Across from me, Todd Sullivan. Hi, everybody. Yo, okay. Could get blue, could curse. You've been warned. Not for all ears. That's it. Fuck is my favorite word, so. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Of all of the words that I know, (laughs) fuck is my favorite word. All right, welcome to Mysteries and Madness, everybody. This is episode 13, the third episode of our third story arc, The Killer Car. So the last thing we did, Todd Sullivan, is we rolled on the table of unforeseen consequences. You wrote down your role. I did. And when I re-listened to the episode earlier today, I realized I needed to finish the table and have done so. So I have a table of unforeseen consequences that is... It's at least 12-point type here. Yeah. But it took two pages. It's a pretty big table, all sorts what? of... Yeah, it's two Good pages Lord. Of, of, of possible outcomes. Four of the things are kind of nasty. The other eight do non-nasty things to you. But this is an exciting moment because after three cases and 12 episodes, we finally have this damn table done. This table's finally finished, yeah. yeah. Along with a whole bunch of edge and problem cards created to... Do stuff awesome based on the results of the roll, which you've already made. So yep. you rolled two dice and then had to add a plus two to it from really enjoying the three pumpkin beers exactly. last night. So, would you like me to reveal my number? Yeah, I'm cueing the digital drum roll as we speak. Todd is showing me the number on the paper six, and does that include the plus two? That includes the plus two, and you know what that means. You rolled four again? I rolled four You gotta again. fucking be kidding me. You ha- I've had to sit on this for like multiple weeks, <laughs> having rolled that four again, just wanting to immediately go, fuck, dude, would you look at this? How's <laughs> that possible? That many fours in a row? I do not know. Well, I, I mean, do not know. We're going to now look this all up properly for the wrap-up episode, and we'll divulge all the possible decisions. Crazy, though. So you once again rolled four. Yeah. Plus two makes six. Oh, shit. This is interesting. Okay. (laughs) You feel a nice, warm buzz settle in. The kind that dissolves your concerns in a warm, fuzzy mug of who gives a fuck. You head up to the roof of your building for a cigarette in the cool night air. There's a warm glow of light from the narrow space between your building and Spirits Liquor Store. You approach the edge... It appears Jens lives above spirits. You see Jens through the window, sitting cross-legged on the floor, facing you, eyes closed. In front of him is a small coffee table, and on that table, with its back to you, is Ned, Jens' cat. On closer examination, Jens appears to be speaking, and Ned the cat's head is bobbing up and down in a way that looks like a grievance. All of a sudden, they stop moving, and get very still. Then Ned the cat turns his head to the side, staring at you briefly before hopping off the table and walking away. While Jens, the hippie salesman and owner of spirits, remains still with his eyes closed. It's the morning of Wednesday, October 30th. Jack Shepard, there's no newspaper for you today. You go and grab it, of course, but there's nothing of any note. Okay. What, what's Jack thinking? What's on Jack's agenda today? 
Well, uh, I'm waiting for a phone call from Axel from the Red Light District. Axel, who has no last name, but we think we found out his name two episodes ago. I let slip his last name, but it's not going to make the edit of the episode. Oh, well, then we should mention it now. I should ask, too, were there any unforeseen consequences from my table of unforeseen consequences? I just watched Yen's commune with his cat, but nothing seems to have come of that. This particular one was just kind of like color text and insight. Okay, sure. There was only one color text and insight on that whole thing, and you got it. So, yeah, I need to talk to Axel from the Red Light District. While I wait to hear from him, uh, I'm probably What are the gonna... leads? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Where does Jack go with this thing? Where do we go now? Well, Where that's my we problem go? is outside of pursuing um, the lead of noise complaints involving dogs, I don't really know where else to go. Um, outside of walking up and down L.A. streets hoping to run into a car that's got someone in the passenger seat and no one in the driver's seat. Right. And with that, the phone rings. Well, first I was going to make some coffee and have some toast. Done. Thank you. You've, you've made coffee and toast. And you're sitting at your desk with the coffee and toast. Toast and butter and, and preserves. Okay. And some God damn it. I haven't eaten all day. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm, I'm intermittent fasting, everybody. Uh, Man, you know it's a great combination, speaking of toast. Um, sourdough bread toasted with butter and jam. So good. Classic. Yeah. Classic right there. And the phone rings. I'll answer the phone. Hello, this is Jack Shepard. Hey, Jack. It's Axel, Nicole, the cop. Axel, Nicole. Axel from the Red Light District. Good to hear from you. Thanks for getting back to me. No problem, Jack. What do you got for me? So I talked to my buddy in Bylaw about potential noise complaints from dogs. Nothing unusual or out of the ordinary, with one exception. I guess there's been some hushed complaints from the meatpacking district. More than one complaint, or...? According to bylaw, complaints are coming in, but they're not getting addressed. So it sounds like the bylaw officers in the meatpacking district are getting hush money to not deal with some kind of animal noise complaint going on in that area. Do you have any information about who had been filing the complaints, someone I could talk to in that area? Hmm... No official complaints have been made. That's just it, Jack. But the rumor is the agents in that area are keeping a hush on the whole thing. It's very curious. It's interesting that you brought this up. I've got the name of one of those agents. Okay, that'll help. I don't know. I just made up a name. <laughs> Ricky Dobbs. Ricky Dobbs? Yeah. All right. D-O-B-B-S. Ricky Dobbs. He's the bylaw enforcement in the meatpacking district during the daytime, so he should be working right now. All right. Uh, if you hear anything else um, about this, can you let me know? Will do, Jack. Hearing about little mob payoffs is nothing unusual. Not something I get myself involved in, of course, Jack. Just look out for yourself. Well, thanks. You know, the whole thing's a little curious, the fact that you asked me to look into it, and now the fact that it's targeted to this area like this why don't I come by and grab you? We can go down to the meatpacking district together. Go find this Ricky guy. Yeah, all right. All right, I'll be by in about an hour. Okay. See you then, Jack. We'll see you then. All right, sure. <laughs> I, was, I didn't expect that to happen. <laughs> I was, I, boy, we're really fucking playing jazz. Uh, do I have a way of reaching out to Mickey Cohen? 
Yeah, you have a way to reach out to Mickey Cohen. You know through your streetwives' abilities that he has a haunt. He has a, a lounge that is kind of his shop. It's where he set up shop, just how the same way that Bugsy Siegel is always at the Coconut Grove. Right. So Mickey Cohen runs his business out of a lounge called Johnny's, but it's J-O-H-N and then space E apostrophe S. Uh, Johnny's. Yeah, Johnny's. And uh, that's named after a Patreon subscriber, John Erich. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, John. Uh, he's my buddy in real life and uh, took me out Ow. to... <laughs> the cat attacking. Took me out to dinner the other night, man. So uh, Johnny's. So you know to phone Johnny's and you can ask for Mickey Cohen. All right, uh, I want to give Mickey Cohen a call. Hey, you got Johnny's Lounge. Yeah, can I talk to Mickey Cohen, please? May I ask who's calling? My name's Jack Shepard. One moment, please. I don't know. My voice is old for five seconds. Jake. Oh, Mickey, hey. Well, how can I help you? I thought he said Jake, and I'm like, what is he saying? Jack. Hey, Mickey, how's it going? It's fine. How can I help you? Uh, I got a quick question to ask you. Um, my investigation into this killer car has directed me to the meatpacking district where it seems that some noise complaints are being kind of lost. And my contact at the police said it might be related to uh, mob payoffs. Do you know anything about payoffs going on in that area? That could be related to this? Yeah, I know what that is. That makes sense. That's this Fritz fucking guy I was talking about. He started out dog fights down in the meatpacking district. Gotcha. That's got to be what that is. Do you know the dog fights going on all the time or just under certain hours? As far as I know, he's got a warehouse out there where he's kindling them all. And there's usually fights on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. In the evenings? Yeah, at night. Anything else you can tell me about the, the, the dog fights in the area? Well, I can't be any help to you there, and you better not mention my name, Jack. I gotta keep my scent off of this whole thing, whatever's going on over there. Well, I hope you know you can trust me by now. No doubt. That's why I just told you that that's one of ours. What my point is, Fritz hears that I got a pawn in his game. Oh, that, that could start something severe. Gotcha. All right. Listen, maybe I can't help you get in there. Tell the doorman, chorizo carbonara. Okay, I will. And you better do it with confidence. Anything else I can help you with, Jack? Not right now, uh, but thanks for your help, Mickey. No sweat. Good luck out there. Thank you. Cool. Anything else to accomplish before police officer Axel shows up? For sure. Uh, yeah, let me get a little bit of whiskey in my coffee and uh, finish that coffee up and maybe have another perk myself up for the day. Cool. You finish your second cup of coffee, put the cup in the kitchen, look out the window down to the street just as you witness the cop car pull up. All right. I'll head down and meet Mr. Axel. When you get to the street, Axel is leaning against his police car. Jack, why don't we take your car? My uh, my seats are a little bit ripped up, but it's the goat. I just think with mob payoffs, let's keep a low profile. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll get in my car. Jesus, man, what happened to your back seat? It's the goats. They're they're chewing machines. Oh yeah, right, the goats. <laughs> so I'll take. I'll let. Like I imagine Axel's gonna have some idea of where to find this bylaw guy. Exactly. I was just thinking that. So rumor is complaints come from the south end of the meatpacking district. Let's go check that area out, see if we can't find this Ricky Dobbs guy. Okay. We'll head there. Um, I'm also going to keep, once we get sort of towards the meatpacking district, I'll keep my eye out for uh, any black model T's as well. Good call. Good call. You drive to the meatpacking district without incident. There's a couple residential neighborhoods against the south end of the meatpacking district. You cruise the streets in those neighborhoods, and Axel notices a vehicle. Hey, that unmarked across the street, that looks like a company vehicle. And there's a guy behind the wheel. That could be Ricky. Let's pull over. All right. So you guys pull over. Get out. The guy uh, sees you crossing the street towards him, including a police officer, and you notice that he kind of looks like a security officer as well. And he gets out. Who is Ricky Dobbs? <laughs> Who is Ricky Who Dobbs? Who is Ricky Dobbs? <laughs> That's right. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Tonight on Biography, Who is Ricky Dobbs? Ricky Dobbs. Hey, guys, can I help you? Yeah, we're looking for a Ricky Dobbs. Hey, you got him. Uh, Ricky Dobbs, bylaw. What, how, what, how can I help you, uh, officer? Axel uh, puts out his hand. Axel Nicole. LAPD. Yeah, like I said, Ricky Dobbs, how can I help? Um, I'm doing some looking into excessive dog noises in neighborhoods, and I've heard reports that there have been some of those in and around the meat packing district. Do you know anything about that? The bylaw officer looks both ways down the street. Hey, listen, why don't we all just uh, just sit in my car while we talk here? All right. Okay, but you sit in the back. To me? And Ricky Dobbs sits in the back. Oh, Ricky Dobbs sits in the back, okay. Next to you, Jack Shepard? Uh, yeah, I'll get in the back later. Axel sits in the front seat and turns around. Hey, sorry, guys. I know this is a little weird in the secrecy. Just if the mob saw me talking to you, this might be trouble. Okay, yeah, there have been some dog complaints in the neighborhood. And no, they haven't been filed officially. I had some real rough men in this neighborhood come to me and tell me to take their money and not to officially file the complaints that were coming in about the dogs. I mean, I just, you know, I got three kids and my daughter needs braces and these guys were big boys. I'm not sure they had braces in 1944. On her legs, man. She needs leg braces like Forrest Gump. And okay. that shit ain't cheap. And sorry for swearing. Uh, and I just, these men were big. I, I, I'm so sorry. Officer Nicoli, I'm so sorry, man. I Listen. I know I've done something wrong here. Personally, I don't care about any interaction you might be having with the mob. I'm just interested in these these noise complaints. Did any of them happen during the day or on evenings that weren't uh, a Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday? Sure, sometimes it seems like the dog's making a lot of noise during the day. But no, for the most part, that's when the noise complaints happen. And are they all pretty much from the same location? I mean, yeah, there's 
There's a dog kennel in the meatpacking district yeah, yeah, yeah. making making the noise. Uh, and now this might seem unrelated, but in in the last week or so, have you spotted any black Ford Model Ts uh, in the meatpacking area? Well, it's very interesting that you say that. I've had a couple of the people in this neighborhood complain fender benders with a car, a car driving around late at night, all over the roads. Not gonna lie, not a not a lot of police enforcement in this area. Uh, for similar reasons. And yeah, I've seen a black Ford Model team more than once, but it always drives off like a bath out of hell, down back alleys and all which ways. And it's not really my line of work to be pursuing vehicles at high speed. No, certainly not. Is there one particular area of the meatpacking district that you've seen or it's most frequently seen in? No, it just seems to be prowling these neighborhoods, but I could see it somehow being related to this singular mob presence. They run this meatpacking warehouse as a dog kennel, and if they knew I was talking to you, I'd be in deep trouble. Well, let's not let them find out then. Okay. Um, do, you, do you want to get back in your car and follow me and we could just casually drive by? The warehouse? Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Okay. And you guys get back in your vehicle? Yep, yep. And he gets in his, flicks his headlights on, drives down the road away from you. Not moving too fast, not seeming to try to lose you. Yeah. You cut a U-turn. Follow him. And follow. You follow him into the factory district, and only a couple of blocks into the factory district, he slows down in front of a warehouse that has two vehicles in the parking lot. No, It looks no different than any other warehouse in this district. And he turns on his left signal, doesn't pull into the parking lot, turns the left signal off, and continues driving. Okay. Well, that must be it, Jack, right there. Looks like it's pretty light on security this time of day. I don't recommend them seeing a cop, though. No, well, yeah. If it's a warehouse, there's not going to be windows or anything to peep in, right? There's a shipping container next to the warehouse on the ground, and there are second-story windows above that shipping container, and there's some boxes and barrels lined up against one end of the shipping container, and you could... Climb your way up there. Okay. Whether or not you did so quietly would need to be decided yeah. by a roll. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to just drive around the block, basically. The block where the building is. Uh, again, keeping an eye out for black Model Ts. Yeah. Uh, and then I will park, if I don't see anything, I'll come back around to this side of, of things and park on the street, but near the warehouse so I can just quickly walk to it, but but not in the parking lot there. All right, Axel remains in the car. You leave the keys with him? Yeah, and I'll tell him what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and see if I can get a peek in the window or have a look in the warehouse. Leave the keys, Jack. If I hear all hell breaking loose, I'm coming around the block for you. All right, thanks, man. And then he, uh, he gets out and he sits into the driver's seat and then tips the seat all the way back so he's not really visible out the windows. Sneaky man, he's done this before. <laughs> and you head around the block back to this warehouse. There's a, a set of like double fire doors next to the parking lot. Appears to be an entrance to the building closest to the parking lot. There are two cars parked near the door. Well, I want to try to get to the um, the shipping container that I can get on top of. Sure. Uh, give me a stealth roll to see if you get up there quietly. Uh, I have two for stealth. So let's say give me a stealth roll 
with an advance of five. Well, that's not bad. All right. I think I can do that. We have a two. Okay. First roll is a two. And I'm going to do it right this time. <laughs> I'm going to do it right this I time. Can, I can see it the way you just delivered it to me. I knew you were going to... And we have a five, which makes it seven. Seven total, so you get the advance. All right, you're able to quietly get on top of this shipping container and look inside the warehouse. You look down to the right through the window and you see a man sitting in a chair near that door that you could enter through. Okay. Kind of seems like maybe it's a guard. The main warehouse area is set up for dog fighting. There's a cage in the center and there's bleachers on two of the sides leaving room on two sides for the trainers. You look to the left and there's a wall and there's windows on that wall and through those windows you can see into kennels and you watch a man leave a bathroom on the far side of the room uh, who has a lab coat on and he walks across the room and through a double set of swaying doors at the end of the room near the kennels and as the doors sway in it looks half like a laboratory on the other side. Well, that's unexpected. Um, I didn't say anything when I got out of the car, but is it okay if I brought my camera with me? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to snap a few pictures. Um, as much of the, of the lab as I can possibly get while the doors are open. Awesome. Yeah. You're able to snap a picture with the doors, uh, pushed inward. You get a picture of that scientist. You get a picture of the guard at the door. You get a picture of the dog fighting area. And you get a picture of the window with the kennels, the dog kennels on the other side of the dogs in there and their kenneled cages. Okay. Um, you now, with this information, may search that end of the building and, and look for an exterior entrance. There's probably a fire entrance or something down at that kenneling end. Okay, sure. Right? I think you, looking at the structure of the building from the outside now, you could decide there's pro- there's got to be a door out of the building on that far end in case of a fire escape or whatever. Okay, let's go have a look. You come around, and at the very far corner of the building, there is a fire exit uh, with a tumbler lock that you can pick. Oh, lock picking time. What do we... That's just an ability. I don't have to roll It's anything. just an ability you don't have to roll for, which is wild to me. Yeah. It's not a game that does that, eh? It's not D&D. No. This fucking game is I could, I, could, I could play a little Skyrim yeah, that's mini right. game here. Let me go boot up Fallout, and you can <laughs> do the lock picking from Fallout, and we'll that decide. that. that. You have reached a fire door on the end of the building where that laboratory-looking dude was. Laboratory-looking dude. I guess I don't know yet what he is. He doesn't have to be a scientist. I'm assuming he's a scientist. Who knows what he is? Yeah. At this point. He's injecting super soldier serums into dogs to make them fight better. <laughs> what do you do? I'm picking the lock, right? Okay. So use your lock picking skill. Pick the lock. I think you have to make another stealth roll. Okay, that's fair. This is, so, a, this is a stealth roll with an advance of eight. So... Okay, yeah. You got the advance last time as well, huh? Yeah, and nothing, uh, that's what I was sort of thinking, nothing, I mean, I, I, I succeeded, but there wasn't uh-huh. any sort of benefit to it, but uh-huh. I guess there isn't always. No, there is. There always needs to be, right? You're supposed to gain an edge from an advance. You can always give me my token back. No, you don't, re- 
There is a way to regain push tokens if you get a success on a D on a two D six roll on one D six. You gain a really push. yeah. Oh. It's never happened, but if you can get the advance result on one roll, like when I was like advance of what was it five? five. Yeah, yeah, if you got that on the first roll, you would have gained a uh, a thing. So I don't have one here, but I'd like to give you something. I don't think your injury has changed. So here's my thought. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I, I shimmied up there in like such a, a confident and cool way mm -hmm. that I, I'm now filled with confidence and I got a bonus to a cool roll. Confident is an edge. Where is it? You gain the edge confident plus one to the following challenges. Cool, driving, fighting, and stability. If while holding this card, another challenge says to gain this edge. Uh, oh, okay. Something happens that we don't have to care about. Uh, discard, roll a setback or become bummed and lose confidence. Okay, so if you ever roll the setback roll. And I'm no longer confident. You're no longer confident. Makes sense. So you are confident. Oh, now I have to roll. And now you have a stealth roll with an advance of eight. Sadly, confidence does not help me get stealthy. No, it doesn't. All right. Eight. Let's see what we can do here. We have three. Okay. So it's still <laughs> doable. Makes this a little tough. We'll it's see. within the range of doable, though. <laughs> now, plus a two gets me five. Okay. Total of five, which is a hold. That's good, then. Hold isn't bad. You step through into a shop that's larger than you expected with all sorts of metalworking tools as well. It's darker and dimly lit in this back section, and then there's another wall, and you imagine on the other side of that wall will kind of be the kennels and the cages for these dogs, along with there's more laboratory equipment seen through a, a large opening, no doors on it. You move through the area, fairly stealthy, arriving where it's more well-lit and it more looks more like a lab, and the dogs kind of sniff you and start barking. They can tell that there's somebody here. The man in the lab coat at the end of this area turns around and goes, Yes, hello, who is there? Um, this man is at the end of the room and aware that there's someone at the far end, and you're kind of just outside of his viewpoint. Yeah. In this opening, and the dogs are barking. So he's not only turned around and said, like, who's there, but is moving in your direction. Okay. I think I'll slip back outside again. Okay. You move back towards the door and are heading outside while you hear this man uh, whose footsteps have quickened go, Stop there! Who are you? I'm not stopping. Okay. As the door closes behind you, are you running? Yeah, at this point, yeah. Okay. I need an athletics check from you. And Jack Shepard... I mean, you're a, you're a, you're not a fit person, but I'd say you're like a strong person, you know? So I bet you'd be kind of like a linebacker. You could run short distances with some strength. Let's do an athletics check to see what happens in this situation with an advance of nine. Ouch. Do not like, but all right. I'm using the bloody dice because I feel like things could take a turn here if they go bad, so. We have a three. <laughs> Making the advance of nine a little tough. Yeah, I do have two plus ones here, though. Ooh, that's right. And three pushes. What do pushes do on a roll like this? 
They have an effect, do they? Fuck, I think so. I know I can get another die if I take a problem. No, you just use pushes to gain information. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I've given you plus two plus ones and that's all you got. And we're going for a nine and you've got three so far. That's a six, making nine. Is that right? You betcha. You never look, you don't believe me. You were so slow to react to it. Holy crap, so you made the advance of nine. I made the advance of nine. So you head out the door and bolt in the direction of the round the block back to the car. You hear this man yelling behind you, stop this instant. This is private property. Come back. And he's running, but he's... He stops pursuing you at the edge of the parking okay. lot. I was going to say, if he's still pursuing, I'm going to start yelling at Axel to start the car. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> no, he stops pursuing at the edge of the parking okay. lot. All right. As you run up to the car, Axel Nicoli pops back up from behind the driver's seat. You hop in the passenger seat. Yep. He immediately starts the car and pulls away based on the fact that you're running. Yeah. What'd you find out? Well, they've they've... Got the dogs in there, and they, they've got the the track for the dog races. But there's some kind of a, a lab going on in there too. I don't know what it's for. Interesting. Did anyone see you? Maybe. There was a scientist with a bit of a German accent who might have might have spotted me. That's interesting. What would dogfighting have to do with a German scientist? That is an excellent question that I don't currently have the answer to, sir. <laughs> the GM asks, not able to keep a straight face. <laughs> 1945, I guess this is like after the after World War II. This could be a Nazi scientist, eh? Could be. Could be. That crazy German Nazi tech has inspired a few bits of media over the years. Yeah, we were just talking about Wolfenstein, too. Yeah, right, there you go. Uh, one example, Wolfenstein. Yeah, and I just rewatched Captain America, the first Avenger, which oh, featured yeah, the, the Red Skull sure. looking for, you yeah. know, magical exactly. mystery stuff. Yeah, exactly. That Axel letting out a big fart. It's Axel unsure what the fucking next move is. Axel who's unsure, or is it the GM? <laughs> I mean, let's really well, be honest here. They're the same person, so... <laughs> Fuck. So that's where the animal noise complaints come from in this district, and explains why the mob's keeping it quiet. So what does any of this have to do with the killer car, Jack? That I don't know, and I'm not even sure it does. The reason I was looking into the uh, noise complaints regarding dogs is that when I talked to a witness who saw the car, he reported that when it took off, uh, dogs in the neighborhood began barking and howling um, kind of like mad. So it seemed as if that might be a, a sign that the killer car had been in a particular neighborhood, and I was hoping it would help me track down where else the car had been. Doesn't mean it's necessarily connected to the dog races, but it doesn't mean it's not either. Know what I mean, Axel? Know what I mean, Jellybean? So what's the next move, Jack? Uh, I head home, develop my film. You head back to the precinct and see if there's been any other reports about the car. Sounds good. You know that German scientist guy, that seems interesting. Might be worth tailing, seeing where he goes. Might be. I'm planning to head back there after hours to get a first-hand look at the uh, the dog races. 
with a dog. Are they races or fights? They're dog fights. Dog f- <laughs> They're dog fights. Why was I saying races? <laughs> it's a race to the death. <laughs> exactly. There are dog races. They feature greyhounds. The real thing. I didn't make it up. <laughs> the more you know. Axel, uh, if you get any other word about any other sightings of this car, are you willing to let me know? Yeah, of course, Jack. Thanks. I appreciate that. I'll find out who works in this area and ask them to keep me in the loop. And so Axel drives you uneventfully back to your place? Okay, yeah. I can't think of any way, like, if, 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 if the government brought in a Nazi scientist that's not going to be publicly known, and if the Nazi scientist snuck in, there's not going to be any records of it. Correct. So I feel like that's a dead end, like, trying to figure out who this Nazi scientist is is unlikely because he probably didn't either either got here legitimately making a deal with the U.S. government after the war, in which case there's no record, or he snuck in, in which case there's no record. Yeah, so, I mean, all I can think of to do right now is is develop my film in case I need it and maybe go over it and see if there's anything that showed up in the picture that I didn't see with my own eyes when I was just quickly glancing through the window uh, and then go back and see if I can get in with the um, uh, Trezo password. Uh, Trezo Carbonara password to get in uh, later tonight. Go and see the dogfights. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. I don't want to do dogfight fully. Why is it in the story then? I know. That shouldn't have gone here, Dave. <laughs> God damn it. How long does it take to develop film? It's pretty fast, isn't it? By the time you put them on the wire, they're like already. Yeah, it's it. it's an hour or two, I think. You got to you, you soak them, you dry them, you hang them up. Okay. Yeah. You develop your film and just gain a, a greater familiarity for the floor plan of the warehouse. You have two blurry shots from the back of the warehouse from where you entered as you were being chased off by the lab guy. And the blurry images of the dogs staring through the cages at you look off, grizzled. Monstrous. Monstrous is a good word for it. There's glints of metal beyond what should be visible in a furry animal. It's just a bit horror-like in these blurry animals. Mysteries and madness and monsters, maybe. Yeah. You return to the meatpacking district late at night and pull up to this warehouse to a fairly full parking lot. Through the upper windows of the warehouse, you can see wisps of smoke floating in the air through the lights. As you approach the door, you hear the chanting of men and barks of dogs. Push through the fire doors. Well, I want to push through what looks like the main... The main doors, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the main entrance. So you push through the fire doors through the main entrance, and a man standing near the door, Stevens, and puts up his hand. It's a private party. I heard I could get a decent chorizo carbonara here. And he just sort of gives a nod over his right shoulder to let you through. Well, there you go. Bingo, bango, another episode donezo. All right, we're going to keep it short and sweet. If you listen to this one, you probably listen to the ones before this where you've heard the whole spiel about how you can help the podcast. Links in the description. Bros, brodettes, non-binary bros, 
I have to do Foley and Sound for dog fighting in the next episode. I'm not looking forward to it. I apologize in advance right now, which is a terrible segue to Patreon. So, you know, thanks, Patreon supporters. None will get named in that segment. I'll put some loud rock and roll on it. We'll do something. Yeah, we'll do something. Huge love to you guys for listening. Big love to my good friend and co-host, Todd Sullivan. Thank you so much for listening. Just thank you so much. Like Patreon supporter Mark Okowski, you know, he like live texted me while listening to episode 12. And uh, that's just so cool, man. He had some suggestions for the table of unforeseen consequences that I think I'm going to turn into setbacks for future episodes. So if you have any ideas for advances or setbacks for Jack Shepard, uh, send us an email at the email address in this episode description which is Coal Mines Clubhouse at Gmail. Much love, everybody. Have a great day. Peace.